This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The United States said today it still doesn't know the origin or purpose of those three aerial objects that uh, the military shot down uh, over the weekend, of course, tensions um, and accusations being thrown around between Washington and Beijing. Uh, American and Canadian officials were unable to explain the origin of, of those um, three objects as of yet. Uh, Washington called the Chinese craft a surveillance balloon, while China keeps saying that it was a weather monitoring vessel. That was the original one. Now, the U.S. military fighter jets on Sunday down an, down an object over Lake Huron on Friday. Uh, of course, an object was shot down over uh, ice, sea ice near uh, Dead Horse, Alaska. And, of course, a third object, cylindrical in shape, was destroyed over the Yukon. Um, Defense Minister Anita Anand spoke on the, uh, on the downing of the aerial object over the weekend. Take a listen. To the best of our knowledge, this was the first time that a NORAD operation has downed an aerial object. The object was flying at an altitude of approximately 40,000 feet, had unlawfully entered Canadian airspace and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. The object was downed approximately 100 miles from the Canada-United States border over Canadian territory in central Yukon. That was Defence Minister Anita Nund over the weekend. Now, John Kirby, who uh, is a spokesperson with the U.S. National Security Council, was asked if there will be a more of a formal approach to handling this type of incident going forward. Take a listen. Again, that's, what, that's exactly what the, the president wants Mr. Sullivan to run as a process, an interagency process, to help us, as I said in my opening statement, get around the policy implications here and whether, and whether or not there needs to be any uh, policy changes going forward. That was John Kirby from the U.S. National Security Council. Joining us now is Richard Schmuka. He's a senior fellow at the McDonnell-Laurier Institute, specializing in strategic studies, comparative defense management approaches, and foreign policy. Mr. Schmuka, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, when it comes to national security in regards to what's transpired over the weekend and, of course, the original uh, spy balloon uh, issue from uh, last week, um, how concerned should we be as Canadians? I think there's been a lot of speculation, and obviously there's quite a bit we still don't know. But I think as like a direct threat, it doesn't seem like it's a major one. I think what it's more, in, what it's likely more indicative, I should say, is that the, especially uh, if it's Chinese in origin, or much of this is Chinese in origin, is a much broader effort for them to modernize their strategic nuclear forces. And one of the aspects that they're going to have to try to figure out if they're trying to build more ICBMs or intercontinental ballistic missiles and hypersonic weapons that can attack the United States is that they're going to try to understand how our defenses, our radar sites and uh, other sensor platforms would be, uh, would be able to track their missiles. So my guess is based on the information that we have and you know what's kind of been said, especially about the one large balloon that was shot down on, I believe, February 4th, is that they're trying to better understand how we, how we may defend ourselves if, if it ever came to a possible nuclear exchange between our two uh, two countries or two alliances. 
Now, the first balloon went through Canada before it was shot down um, by the U.S. Um, uh, should Canada have shot down that first balloon? Um, I think it may have been difficult. Uh, the argument that's been put forward why it wasn't shot down is that it was large and it may present a hazard uh, to wherever it may have come down. We don't know what was inside of it. It may have had some volatile gases uh, within or other toxic materials. Uh, large ob- uh, objects of this size crashing down could have you know, potentially hit uh, houses or whatever. So uh, they thought that they they would wait till it passed over any any sort of you know potential crash uh, human habitation and shoot it down the sea. The other side of doing that was that it allowed them to potentially recover more of the uh, more of the balloon, which was something that they def- definitely wanted to do in order to understand what its purpose was and um, what uh, what it may have actually been able to detect when it flew over sight. And so, as you say, the 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 debris that was uh, recovered, it's very important right now in regards to finding out what it was used for and the technology they were using and what potentially, as you say, they could have uh, been spying on. Absolutely, and also how to detect it in the future. That's probably one of the most critical parts. That if we understand uh, how our radars kind of interacted with it, because there's been some suggestions uh, that our radars weren't calibrated properly in order to identify balloons because balloons were not seen as a major threat. Mm-hmm. Now you have something to offer to test it against, so to speak. They can better calibrate our sensors in order to detect any future, um, future uh, incursions. Yeah. How much, with technology today, uh, obviously you can catch a lot, but at the same time, technology allows you to work around other technology that is supposed to keep us safe as well. I mean, I think of not just these balloons, but the fact that the U.S. was able to go um, in the darkness and go into Afghanistan, I'm sorry, to Pakistan and find Osama bin Laden and take him out when there was still radar in Pakistan. They have a pretty uh, significant amount of dollars they spend on their military as well. Will we have that technology to actually you know, pinpoint a balloon that's traveling at 40,000 feet. Um, and are we asking too much even for our defense management? So I don't think, uh, in reality, it shouldn't, it shouldn't necessarily be an issue. One of the big aspects, I think one of the things that uh, most, uh, wide parts of the population don't understand is just what a sort of game it is, for lack of a better word, between China, Russia, and the United States and our allies to sort of... Uh, sort of gains really small advantages in capabilities, which may be, you know, may turn out to be decisive if if, if a sort of war occurred, like what we're seeing actually in Ukraine now. And both sides spend literally billions of dollars every year to sort of see what are small advances in radar technology, how our signal processing works. There's a lot of espionage that goes on mm-hmm. through various means. And, and those little advantages could be pretty significant. So this, in the case of what I was talking about before, how our radars weren't calibrated, that understanding how to calibrate that, understanding how to detect that, that's a pretty big sort of issue that the United States now is looking at. It's like, well, how do we kind of get, how do we sort of make ourselves better prepared for this? And they're working on that uh, as we speak. I, there's already been suggestions that they've already sort of made some, um, made some adjustments to allow them to do so. I think what it also suggests very quickly is that there's a modernization of the NORAD radar system that's coming up, and Canada and the United States are basically in the final stages mm-hmm. of, uh, of negotiating this. It's going to have a pretty significant price tag. 
partly because it will be able to cover much, much more comprehensively both of our territories from a whole wide range of threats. Mm-hmm. Before balloons, it was actually low-level cruise missiles, which were very are, are the the current radars aren't very well adapted for. So there's a large amount of sort of potential threats that both of our countries are kind of looking at and sort of developing uh, better approaches for dealing with going forward. Beyond this challenge at the moment, and it hasn't ended, we could have other balloons, we could have other incidents. You would take that in the context of the two Michaels that were kidnapped. You take that into the context of the decision not to allow Huawei to be part of our 5G infrastructure network. You take that with the broader conversation of why we have at times scientists connected to the Chinese government doing research projects with our major universities. All of that and the totality of that plus the balloon issue now, what does this tell us and what should we be looking at as a country, not just in regards to air defense and radar, but our broader strategy when it comes to China? Well, I think... If we think about sort of the foundational principles, going back to what you're talking about, Vic, is that right now, China, as much as China is, you know, a very powerful country, as by some measures, the second largest economy in the world, um, they also feel weak. I think there's a, there's a understanding that the foundations of their society, especially with uh, the potential for unrest, just like going back always back to 1990 Tiananmen and other, and other sort of issues that they do feel there is a sort of a a fear of the sort of weakness, right? And if you look at also their attempts to sort of push out their sort of maritime boundaries in the South China Sea and their position against the Senkaku Dayu Islands and also Taiwan, that these are seen as being major sort of um, major sort of important parts to ensure that their own sort of security, right? Mm-hmm. And going to if if we think about that, they also they, it, it helps them to sort of project an ability to prevent us from from projecting our sort of capability especially the united states which is strong nuclear deterrent that is you know protecting uh, japan so there is a larger clash here and and very much if they see weakness in canada and we've seen significant intelligence efforts in this country i mean this this balloon uh, approach is certainly uh is is looking at one aspect of our security with the united states if you think about all this together they are also looking at how to make us weak to some degree in order to achieve some of their um, some of their objectives and also preventing us from maybe exploiting some of their weaknesses, for lack of a better word, at the well, same time. Well, it's opened up, uh, uh, once again, not just the, the, the near and dear issue right now with the, with the spy balloons, but a broader conversation about China and Canada and the U.S. as well, and the West, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Richard, thank you so much for your time today. really appreciated uh, the conversation. Thanks for having me.